welcome to this week's episode of Bitchopedia. I'm your host, the bitch of Bitchopedia, Becca. And today I have back with me, I think my all-time favorite guest, Kate Neal. Hi, guys. Hi. Back so soon. I had to have her again this week because we are talking about something that I have been planning for months. And it's probably the episode I'm most excited about. And your background of psychology, like you came full force with the notes. You're ready to go. We got a textbook here. We got my detailed notes. We're yes, ready. we're ready to go. So today we're going to be talking about attachment styles, which is something that I learned about like semi-recently. And it's basically changed my whole perspective of relationships. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, insightful to be able to learn um, your attachment style because it kind of explains some of your own behaviors that you might not have registered as part of a response to trauma or lack of support and things like that. Right. Okay. And before we get started, so we both took the quiz and I want to talk about our results too, but you, if you don't know anything about it before we start, I advise everyone to go take the quiz. It took like less than five minutes. Um, and there's a lot of them online, but the one that you showed me, you sent me the link to was my favorite. And it was on, if you search attachment styles, it'll pop up, but, or attachment style quiz, but the one on personaldevelopmentschool.com was the one that we used. And it breaks down like percentage wise, because a lot of them, when I was going through, I, I thought for sure I was anxious attachment style. And then I looked and I was kind of uh, relating to the other ones too. So I guess I didn't realize that it could be a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting to see like how much, um, you know, they differed. So we were talking about attachment style and I, when I was looking it up, it said anxious versus avoidant. But then when I looked further into it, there's four different types of attachment style, right? So do you want to walk us through each yeah. of the different attachment styles? For sure, for sure. Um, so there are four different types. So you have your secure attachment, your ambivalent, your avoidant, and your disorganized. Um, and those can also be like anxious as well. Right. Um, so the secure attachment is when you have like consistent, reliable support and, you know, things like that. And that's like the goal that's what you're going for is to get right. this secure <laughs> attachment yes for sure and so ambivalent is like inconsistent parenting and um like a consistent child so the child stays consistent but because they're such inconsistent um attributions to their development they're acting consistently but it depends on the inconsistent action of the parent and how they'll react right and that's they're ambivalent and then we have avoidant Sorry, we have we're having some technical difficulties, but we switched over to the phone, so we're good now. We're back in the game. The sound is better, we're so. back. We're um, back. Okay, so keep going. Okay. For a I'm sorry. So no, you're good. So um, so the avoidant is when there's inconsistent intervention, and then the disorganized is when there's an inconsistent child. So when the child is just like completely acting within a way that they can't monitor or like um, keep track of because it's so like chaotic right. um, and a lot of that comes from a chaotic environment as well so when I was looking so the just because the verbiage around it is kind of confusing with all the different attachment styles the dismissive and whatever so I was kind of trying to peg down because there was a lot of different words for it but essentially the there's anxious um, which is me and then there's avoidant but then broken down into those two is dismissive avoidant and fearful avoidant right and mm -hmm. dismissive is 
being able to detach from your partners and suppress difficult emotions easily, which is essentially the person who like ghosts people, you know, like you bail and it's okay. It's easy to just kind of pretend nothing's happening. Then there's the fearful avoidant, which I also scored pretty high on, um, (laughs) which has conflicting desires. So you want emotional closeness, but you have trust issues or fear of rejection, which often interferes with your chance of intimacy with your partners or, and keep in mind, this is not just, like you said, it can be with parents and children. It's not just romantic relationships, but specifically Mm -hmm. I was focusing on romantic relationships when I was thinking about it. And then um, the fearful avoidant person can sometimes be needy and sometimes be avoidant, which sends mixed signals to partners. And that kind of sounds like my ex (laughs) who also ghosted. So like, that's the avoidant one. And when I broke it down, like when I'm trying to explain to my friends about the avoidant or anxious person and who you are in the relationship, because usually uh, they date each other, Mm -hmm. that's usually who you're drawn to. Um, essentially there'll be a person who, if you think about it as like, you're fighting, if you're in the middle of a fight and then there are people who are like, you know, I need a minute, just let me take some time to gather my thoughts, right? That's you take some time to gather my thoughts, take a minute and, and I'll get back to you. But then there's people like me who are anxious and those words send us into a fucking panic because we Mm -hmm. need, I need resolution right now because I feel like you're like you leaving, it means you're gone forever. So it yep. it makes us dig our claws in even deeper. And then the avoidant person freaks the fuck out because that makes them feel like, you know, claustrophobic and panic. So they run even more and then that makes the anxious. And it's like this vicious cycle of just like the runner chaser, you mm-hmm. know, theme. And they usually date each other because essentially the anxious person is the only person who will like deal with <laughs> the avoidant person for that long you know what I mean they keep chasing mm-hmm. and chasing because that's the pattern that you develop because like you said it's all from like childhood essentially that yeah. you develop these relationship patterns and I'm yeah sure and can... since Go ahead. yeah yeah I was about to say um so since you like especially since you said that so this um I have some like data broken down from an experiment uh-huh. that was done um and it was done with children um with their like their their mother like caretaker so they um they did these tests to determine you know that the attachment style of these children so what they would have the mother in the room right and they would see how they would react then they would let the mother leave the room for a while and then when they would come back they would do the reunion and then they would also put a stranger in the room Mm -hmm. and see how the child would interact with the stranger so with secure people they had distress when their mom left the room. So the separation anxiety, they did have distress. Mm-hmm. When they were reunited with their mother, the secure attachment people s- sought out comfort um, and contact with the mother. Mm-hmm. So they were secure, but they wanted to touch back base with their safe space, right? right? And then when the stranger entered the room, they would avoid the stranger when they were alone. They would not interact with the stranger if their mom wasn't in the room. But if their mom was there and friendly with the stranger then they would interact because they knew they could trust their mom to not put them in danger right so that's how that's a secure attachment in childhood this is like a child right and then um ambivalent when their parent would leave the room they had intense distress when the reunion would happen they would approach the parent but they would not contact the parent and if like make contact and if the parent tried to make contact with them they would push them away Mm -hmm. so that's like um 
interesting. And then they would be anxious and exploring with a stranger in the room. And they were that way, even with their mom interacting with a stranger, they were still like anxious of the stranger. Right. And then when you're avoidant, there was no distress when their parent would leave the room. So they were not bothered at all. And then they had no interest in any kind of reunion or contact with the parent when it came back. And they were okay with a stranger in the room and would play normally, even without their mom or parent interacting with a stranger. They were like, that's fine, whatever, I'll play with you. And then the disorganized, they were contradictory when the separation anxiety would happen. So either they would be really upset or they would not be upset at all. Um, They would seek the proximity when they would be reunited, but they would be avoidant. So they would be like closer to them, but still like avoiding the contact. Not like embracing them. Right. And then with strangers, they were unpredictable as well. So when the that sounds like my either, yeah, they'd either engage or they wouldn't and it's, they're disorganized. So they weren't, you weren't able to track how they would right. respond, right. Um, which is insane to me. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. definitely, that's interesting because I, 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 with my kid, that's kind of how it, he's kind of unpredictable as far as like patterns go with like, when I greet him, you know, if I pick him up from school or whatever, when I pick him up at daycare, Sometimes he'll be very, like, he'll embrace you, whatever. And sometimes he's like, eh, you know, whatever. He could care less. Mm-hmm. But he's also kind of that way with strangers, too. It's kind of a hit or miss. And that's yeah. interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And that was one of the things, too, that I was looking at was kind of the behavior that, which I'm sure you can go further into this, but the behaviors of, like, parents and things like that who create these attachment styles. And I'll, I'm sure this is a very watered-down version, but it kind of said that, like, anxious people anxious attachment style comes from inconsistency of like a parent's love so like my dad uh daddy issues they're showing which by the way let me just do a full disclaimer right now me and my dad are closer than we've ever been but you know we had our issues growing up and he uh he worked off a lot for like long periods of time and then he would come back but it was also kind of his moods were inconsistent so I think that whenever I was looking at anxious I was like I really do relate to that because you kind of never know it was kind of like you never know when your next like bit of love or intimacy mm-hmm. is coming. So that's what I kind of feel like uh, thinking about relationships. If a guy pulls away for like a day, it sends me into a fucking spiral. And I hate that I'm that way. I'm not necessarily clingy like when I'm with him, but if I feel like he's pulling back, it, it sends me into a panic. And I realized afterwards, like it's because you, you worry, like as soon as it's gone, you worry you're never going to get it again. You don't know when it's coming back, you know, and it, that, that is my, attachment style for the main part I think which do you want to look at your what are your scores I'm just curious yeah um I want to say what didn't I have the highest avoidant I, I want to say I have like 29% avoidant here look, um, I can look it up right now um okay oh, yeah, so this, this I've got mine handy so mine was 20% fearful avoidant which is the disorganized what you were saying 35% anxious preoccupied knew that was going to be a big one dismissive avoidant which is where you're like eh, it's okay I can cut off my emotions was 10 percent because that is not my forte and then surprisingly secure I got 35 percent and I'm not gonna lie I think that was from like months and months of working on it but that was a lot higher than I thought it was gonna be yes and then for yours was yours was basically all avoidant <laughs> fearful avoidant 29 percent dismissive avoidant 29 percent anxious preoccupied 19% and secure 24%. Yeah. I didn't put you on um, when I was reading these. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> like, well, um, call me out, bitch. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no. Um so 
definitely your your childhood, your experiences in adulthood, adolescence, all those things can contribute to your attachment style. So I was really happy that I got 24% secure because yeah, because yeah, I was like, well, that's good. Like I might have all these other things I'm still working on, but right. at least like I pulled that number up, you know, yeah. um, because it does take a lot of work. And what my biggest, so studying this academically, right? We were going through all these styles and I kind of got like really sad in class because I was like, oh gosh, like I'm between like anxious and avoidant and like whatever and all this stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, am I insecure? Am I this? Like what, what right. is my attachment style? And I started stressing myself out about it. Yeah. And we got yeah. to the point where we were like, but these are 100% changeable. Yes. You can change your attachment style. Yes. And yes. that was like earth shaking to me. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yes, it's not is. like a mental health diagnosis. You right. can work on it and yes. change the outcome. Yes. There's a great. light at the end of the tunnel because you can get more secure. And that's what I was saying too, like in, in working towards being more secure because, and it's a lot easier, by the way, once you take the quiz and figure it out, you start seeing it in your life. And I was actually mm -hmm. talking to one of my friends that I work with the other day because she was telling me about, um, one of the guys that she's seeing and just from her talking I was like I can tell you're anxious he's avoidant and it's easy to peg once you you know kind of look into it and she was I was telling her you know the secure thing and that's what you need to be going for and I was like it's a lot easier when you have one secure partner because then when they start running you don't freak out and you can be there and it kind of proves to them because it does take a long time of um reaffirming you know when because the, they're not a couple of times it's not going to do it but after like months of them saying like, okay, I'll run and they're still there. Or like, I'm clingy and he doesn't seem to care. It kind of affirms that, you know, they're like, okay, they're not going anywhere. They're secure. And it can kind of like chill you out a little bit. So that's what I kept telling her, you know, I was like, be the secure one and let him know, like, I'm not going anywhere. Don't use, be really careful about your language you use with them because there are a lot of like trigger words that can send mm -hmm. avoidant people into a spiral like you know, mm -hmm. commitment or you know anything that makes them feel like closed in avoid that language and she told me that was probably a week ago and she came to me yesterday and was like holy shit I'm like it's working he's not panicking I told him I'm here for him whatever you know and it and it changes the dynamic of your relationship completely. So I really do think, I know there's a lot that go into relationships, but I think this is like a big one that can help your relationships, not just romantic, but, you know, family and friends too. Well, and kind of tying into that, I know it's like a different subject that we could do a whole other series For on. sure. I was like, um, this is probably already going to be a two-parter, so. Right. But also like, so in, in that, right, like that, that's why I've been so happy with like my career option is I've been learning how other people communicate. Mm -hmm. So communication styles, your attachment style, and your love languages, if you can figure out those things in your relationships, like friendships, romantic partners, family, whoever, it'll help your perspective of them. It'll help your understanding. Like there's some people that like I would have been friends with for years, but I thought we were very surface level friends, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're not, they don't have the exact same love languages as me. Mm -hmm. Well, theirs are spending time together or like, you know, little things like that. And you start, once you realize those things, you realize, oh, these people are saying they care about me, but just in their own way. Yes. And I might not be picking up on that, but that that's how they feel. And if yes. you can understand those things that it helps. It changes perspective. perspective. Yes. And that's what I've got yeah. a whole um, episode on love languages. 
the communication styles, I don't know anything about, but I'm intrigued. Mm. Um, so we can do an episode on that too, but love languages and just to go a little bit, I don't, if you, if you haven't looked up your love language, there's also a test, take it, it'll change your life. But that is mm-hmm. something that, um, that I've looked into too. And, and it, it does open your eyes, like quality time is my sister's. So they do her and her husband do everything together. And I'm like, mm, weird, but I mean, that's how you feel love, I guess. But yeah. like my ex-husband used to send me, like he would buy me gifts and I'm like, mm gifts mean gift giving is a lot it's number five for me it's on the bottom See, it's it's up there at the top for me yeah but and so, but it's but, not monetary it's the right, thought exactly. you're thinking of me you took yes. the time and the effort you like yes. got this and you're like because I get my whole childhood I would save up birthday money Christmas money whatever to buy my own gifts that was like my entire childhood I've been buying people gifts out of my right. own money right and like take the time to either make it or to whatever and be like I would be more excited to give it to them sometimes yes. than they were to get it yeah so I was like I just want to show you that I care I just want yes. you to know yes you know? but it doesn't do anything and this again we'll do a whole episode but short version it doesn't do anything to love them in your love language you have to love them in their love language so becoming aware of that along with attachment styles whatever like you said it's a complete fucking game changer for all of your relationships mm-hmm. So I have a few notes here about just signs of avoidant partners and, uh, you know, anxious attachment, whatever. So we can go, um, we can go avoidant first if you want to, because that's you. And I want to pick your brain because this is the exact Mm -hmm. opposite of me. Um, so you just tell me if all this registers with you. Okay. So signs of an avoidant partner, commitment, shy, uh, not invested in the present self-sabotaging, that's a big one that one's a me yeah yes (laughs) um and I'll go into that too believe they can only depend on themselves uh (laughs) suspicious of people or have difficulty trusting people they send mixed messages (laughs) I'm like sorry I'm here to attack you today it's fine Um, what's your next yeah it's fine um the two these are two you know the two combined into this so you might not have all these um secretive like to make decisions on their own I like to always dye my hair color based on my own time. So, (laughs) and don't tell me what to fucking do. Um, Limited affection. They have lots of conditions. So like saying like, I'm not the marrying type, things like that. Um, Distancing themselves or detaching if feelings become too intense. Limited Mm -hmm. communication. They get overwhelmed talking about their feelings. Uh, Don't express their emotions. And they abandon you. (laughs) So when you put it all in a list, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but all, the whole list looking at it was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly the person that I go for. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, this is every um, ex I've ever had. Yeah. So I, I feel like I'm kind of like in between avoidant and anxious in a lot of ways, because like, I don't have commitment issues. Mm-hmm. Right. I do have major trust issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no commitment issues. I, um, I have, so I've been working on it really hard, my communication, right? Because right. my immediate with the whole avoidant thing is I got to process this. I'm going to say some really mean, hurtful, awful things to you if mm. I react in my emotion. So I have to hold that in and process what I really mean before right. I can communicate it effectively. Right. But then it's like, yes, that, but then I'll, when I talk about my feelings, I say this all the time. I'm like, I'm either going to like raise my voice or I'm going to cry. And like, that's <laughs> not good for conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. it's not, 
it doesn't help. And if you're like, and if you're trying to go through a conversation where you're in the wrong, right? Right. And you're the one that needs to be apologizing and you're the one being called out, which it should be happening in any relationship, friendship mm-hmm. or otherwise that you have, right? That's a true relationship is when they call you on your shit. And, yeah. but I, my immediate response is to like, I either, cause I either go completely monotone, mm-hmm. my voice inflects because then I sound like a bitch uh, or I have to speak louder because I'm trying to make it come out of my voice or I just start crying and if you're crying when someone's telling you how you messed up and then they have to comfort you that's not accomplishing anything right so that's not beneficial <laughs> right but it happens right you know? okay so let me to- give you um a scenario that's totally hypothetical <laughs> totally <laughs> say you are in a relationship with someone okay Mm -hmm. and you get caught cheating again hypothetical never happened to me um (laughs) let's say you do that right okay so I'm gonna throw the hypothetical out my ex who's the avoidant person (laughs) it's gonna get too confusing so let's just throw the hypothetical out (laughs) we're fixing that Yes. So he cheats, right? And I go to him and like, I loved this man with everything in me. Mm-hmm. And then he cheats. I I wanted to like have a conversation with him. And even though like he's the one who fucked up, he ghosts me. He shuts me out completely. And I've been trying to like, this has been fucking like eight months now that I've been really like one of the tarot cards that my psychic always pulls for me is like see the other person's point of view and some of the shadow work I did I'm getting real like spiritual now but some of the shadow work I did that was talking about like going into um like it one it was like writing a letter and being like okay like imagine you're them and it was like the Mm -hmm. only words I could feel about like what why he was doing this was like I'm afraid and that's the only words that kept coming to me was like he's afraid of I don't know, like facing it, but I need some insight. And this is just personal. I'm sure there's other yeah. people out there who are struggling. But can you give a little bit of insight from an avoidant type of person? Yes. On what um, so um, I will say for clarification sakes, I'm not really the cheater in relationships. I'm typically cheated on in yeah. relationships and my committed relationships. Um, I think I cheated on one person um ended up he ended up knowing about it and stuff but that's I was I cheated on him with a woman so like I hadn't accepted my sexuality (laughs) right hadn't accepted my sexuality and whatnot and we're still friends like he's never made me feel bad about it or anything he's completely understanding such a great guy love him great person right um because that takes a that takes a level of secure attachment to be able to recognize that you're questioning your sexuality it doesn't mean I'm a bad person and I'm still gonna support you right yeah so that was my personal experience cheating right Mm -hmm. um but when it comes because I am a mix of anxious and avoidant right right so I often I think fall in love with avoidant people or and or anxious people depending Mm -hmm. um and so I have been cheated on in all four of my serious committed relationships right and, no wonder you have trust issues. Yeah, no, that's why I like, totally have trust issues, but like warranted, you know? Um, right, yeah. That's and so, I, you know, cheating and stuff. Um, when I was younger, that felt like a very personal attack on me. Like my first two partners that did it, I was like devastated, like could not 
whatever that was like my hard line in the relationship right um since in the last few years my last two partners that did that to me I've had a different relationship with like sex and like you know understanding uh polyamory more than like a monogamous overtone like you can care about more than one person at the same time yada yada Mm -hmm. so for me it's like lying and deception that hurts me more now than your physical actions that you committed with someone but in my experience when you have a relationship with an avoidant person right if they do something like cheat on you or lie and whatever they'll oftentimes avoid that situation and they will do the self-sabotage thing because at that point they're either decided that they're not worthy of your love that they don't deserve it that they're not good enough whatever their reasoning is and you have to realize that when people do things to you it reflects how they feel about themselves so if you don't think you deserve the love and you're not willing to accept the love of the other person then you're going to self-sabotage by sleeping with someone for example that just quote unquote sees you as a dick to ride or sees you as whatever Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. that in turn makes them feel worse about the relationship they sabotage more they might treat you differently things like that but it's all based on now they know they've cheated now they know they probably you know there's more guilt involved so they might avoid it or cut you off or whatever not only to protect themselves from feeling with the guilt and like the pain of what they've done to a person that cares about them but also to in a way to protect the other person because they don't want to keep doing the same things and hurting the person that they do care about because they don't care about themselves enough to be able to be honest or to be open or whatever right. or to commit right know? um and they get yeah, scared they think of they're commitment. protecting you yeah yeah and they, they're scared of the commitment they're scared of the long term because they might not have had family or relationships around them they've seen last long term they might not have those experiences to know it could work out or to think that they deserve for it to work out or whatever so they'll self-sabotage they have the commitment issues even if you're willing to commit you know Um, And over time, if they do therapy, if they work on that inner dialogue, if they like acknowledge why they acted in those ways, like were you dependent on alcohol because you were avoiding your feelings, were you whatever, were you self-sabotaging because you have a shaky relationship with yourself, if they can work on those things, then they can get out of that attachment style too, and they can move more towards security as well. Right. Oh my God. You just like hit me in the chest with this because that's one thing like a lot of people say you know that or think that these people are bad and I'm not excusing cheating or whatever but this is just my personal experience like he was not a bad guy and I tell people a lot like I know everyone wants it because listen listen I will burn it fucking down okay I'm not saying that I wouldn't go crazy and like bust a taillight or some shit but with him, it was just like, I knew where it was coming from. And that was that, like, see the other person's side of you. Like, I was really in touch mm-hmm. with who he was as a person. And it wasn't like, I didn't want to hurt him. I didn't want to do any of this crazy shit. Cause I was like, it's all just, it's like the scared little boy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and he always had, this was one of the conversations we had like right before I found out was me telling him that I feel like there's these two, there's, there's two sides of it and there's who he thinks he is mm-hmm. or like who he thinks he's supposed to be and who he thinks other people are telling him that he is and then there's who you really are you know and it's mm-hmm. like if I could just get you to see like who you really are it's almost self-fulfilling prophecy that you have these things that like you think you're a shitty person so you do all these shitty things and it's like dude like take us <laughs> she's about to flip her computer are you relating to this like self-fulfilling prophecy is huge that is like one of my biggest things because I'm like just like um 
not to tie into other things, but like when I had really bad mental health and really bad self-relationship with myself, right? Mm -hmm. I hated school. I thought everyone hated me. I was miserable. Everything was awful. Like everything was terrible. And then I like graduated high school and stuff was so happy to be out of there. But then looking back, people went to school with me and they had a completely different perspective on who they thought I was and the reputation they thought I had and the friendships and stuff. They had a completely different perspective than what I saw that I was alone and everybody hated me and I was never wanted. And because I thought that nobody wanted me around and I hated me and whatever. And in actuality, no one else saw it that way, but your perspective and your self-fulfilling prophecy, you start to pick up on things that might not even be there because that's because how of you're your seeing it. Yes, because of your insecurities, you project on all these mm-hmm. people. And I remember too, having a conversation with him when we were sitting down and I told him, I don't even remember what it was, but he wasn't, he, he wasn't telling me something. And I literally just like looked him in the eyes and was like, I don't like, I, I want you to really tell me because I feel like I'm very easy to talk to like a lot of people will tell me that you know they feel comfortable coming to me because I'm not judgmental at all when it comes to this you can tell me anything yeah and it's kind of like my number one thing about myself that I like like not to toot my own horn but that's the one thing that I'm very secure in you know and I and I pride myself on that so I I really took it to heart when he wasn't telling me things whatever it was Mm -hmm. and I remember telling him, you know, I was like, have I ever, have you ever told me anything and I reacted badly to you? Like, have I ever lost my shit on you for anything? You know, whatever. And he was like, no. And I was like, then why? Like, why won't you just talk to Like, why are you mm-hmm. such a hard nut to crack? I just want to have a conversation with you about this. And I want you to be honest because I'm never going to be, I'm never going to react badly because if I, because I don't want to hurt you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, this was someone that I truly unconditionally loved. Mm-hmm. Still you know, unconditional. Yeah. But yeah, but that's what, and it frustrated me so much. And it was just this, I mean, fearful avoidant. That's his style. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess is like being afraid and self-sabotaging and not uh, being able to invest in feelings and just being terrified when people come to you and really love you. You don't I, essentially, I think it boils down to feeling unworthy, you know, and like we said, yeah. the insecurities and stuff, but like, it's so frustrating to watch from the outside because all those people who probably thought really highly of you, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't, you can't get into their head. You just want to shake them and be like, yeah, like you are worthy of love. Please just mm-hmm. let me love you. Like, why would you just let me love you? But they don't. And, and I guess that's, yeah. again, something you have to do to work towards secure. Well, you know, and not to, not to, you know, um, condone the cheating or anything like mm-hmm. that, but in avoidant relationships, right. And his childhood, that is tied to um, inconsistent intervention. So that means that his caretakers, his parents, when he would come to them and tell them things where he had messed up or communicated things where he was like not feeling good or hurt or supported or whatever, they would either go and be super supportive or be angry or do whatever. And so he had that inconsistency. So there's that, like, I feel like that carryover fear that someone that you're in a romantic relationship with will still give you that same inconsistency or will you know what I mean react to you in that same way or they can't rely on whatever and so that Mm -hmm. ties in to their actions which is not of course an excuse but like to understand like you said to understand yeah exactly that's that's the thing about and I know everyone wants you to just and I've been that person I've been on both sides watched someone cheat on my friend and been like fuck him up dude like let's go but I can't 
and I don't know because this is my most recent. So maybe it's, I don't know if it's just because of him or because of all the like self-work I've done on understanding people and the psychology behind, you know, why they have their trauma, you know, but I just couldn't, like, I'm not, I I can't like burn his shit down because it's just like, I'm like, I get it. I don't get it from, I mean, I'm a fucking catch who would ever run around on this bitch. But still, like, looking on it, you know, from the outside, it's like, yeah, no, I, it's very clearly, like, textbook psychology oh, This yeah. was, you know, bound to happen. Well, and also, cheaters are going to cheat, no matter how great Beyonce's been cheated on. Bitch, let me through it. Cardi yes. B, I think, so many powerful, well-respected, influential, wealthy individuals. I mean, Rihanna went through abuse and you know what I mean? So it doesn't matter who you are. Mm -hmm. It it matters where they're coming from, you know? And so once again, how they treat you shows how they feel about themselves. It's not you not being good enough or worthy enough. It's their own insecurities or their attachments or their whatever that brings about their reaction to you, which is important as well. And you have to, oh, this. I feel like we need to plug this in. You also... So you were talking about your friend who's working on being more secure and being that support system, right? But at the same time, depending, no matter what your attachment style is, it's important to communicate and to have clear boundaries. So if you know that, hey, I might be more anxious, right? And if I'm talking to someone and we're building a relationship and they're not texting me back, or if they have to go do something, being like, hey, I understand that you're by no means on call, whatever. But for me, it would make me feel better. If you know you're not going to be able to text me a while, just text me and be like, hey, I'm going to be busy for the rest of the afternoon. Get back to you later. And that simple message or like for me, um, one of the big things in my like relationship currently has been um, I would always be like, you know, don't say if you want to come over, say I want you to come over. Oh, yes. Like things like that. Yes. Be very clear. That has been my perspective for so long. And I've realized now recently I've been the one doing the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, if you want me to pick you up, I'll pick you up. And they're like, hey, these are the same things that were bothering you. Can you give me that same thing that you've been asking for? And I didn't realize that they needed that same kind of support and communication that I needed. And so I've had to work hard at making sure I'm providing that same level of communication that I asked for to them. Yes. And And that was a big thing that he did too, would be like, you know, if you want to come over, you can come over. And it's like, are you asking me to come over? Like, I need you to, right. I want you to text me and be like, come over, let's go. And this is another guy that I'm just talking to, whatever texting, but the other day he sent me, this is the one that's big on um, consent. So another yes, point for right. him said something, um, I don't, he was at work or something. And he was like, just so you know, I'm going to be MIA for the next like five hours. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you that's like high. letting me know? <laughs> I'm into that. And I was like, okay, because then it was just like, all right, like, cool, because I probably would have made myself anxious for no Mm -hmm. fucking reason, like a psychopath. But now just that one little text that you sent to be like, hey, I'm not going to be on my phone. It's like, okay, cool. Well, now I don't have to actually fucking psychopath because we just now you don't have. Well, because I also have anxiety. So I think I'm avoiding attachment, but I also have anxiety. (laughs) So it's like. I know I don't always answer my phone because I don't like to feel on call and I have ADHD so I get distracted blah 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 blah. but then you'll sit there and be like I texted them three hours ago are they mad at me did I say something that I mess up and it gives you like this whole spiral in your head yes and that one text message saying hey I'll be busy for the next few hours 
completely resolved. Yes, exactly. Communication is one of the most important things. Um, So an important part, obviously, we need to talk about our boundaries. We need to communicate. And it's hard with communication because you have to realize you have to be honest and truthful with yourself. And sometimes that can be really hard. And then that way you're going to be able to be honest and truthful with other people when you're communicating. And that's the only way you're actually going to get what you want, because if you're not honest with what you want and if you're not authentic with your energy and your presence, you're going to attract people that aren't on that same frequency and energy if you're not truthful with yourself and your own desires. Yes. So step one, become (laughs) self-aware. Yes. (laughs) Super easy. Just nail that down and then you're good to go. Just like I said, I realized that my communication and stuff has been lacking and I'm not giving the same thing I'm asking for because I've been Mm -hmm. hurt. And so my emotions are to avoid and not to be honest and to shut down and like retreat. Yes. And don't try not to be defensive when people are talking. I mean, we're saying all these things like it's easy. I obviously know that this is going to be hard work, but these are the things so. you need to put in if you want your relationship to last. These are the important mm-hmm. steps that you have to take. And another mm-hmm. thing, I just saw this note um, under avoidant partners, because what we were talking about with, you know, reasons why they do these things, um, it's starred and it says fear they can't measure up. So they put up walls to protect themselves. Oh. True. <laughs> That's it. Like you said, self-worth, whatever. So mm-hmm. This is the last part that we'll do on this one. And we're going to have to do a part two next week where we'll cover more about the anxious. Um, But these are just to kind of summarize tips for dating an avoidant partner. Um, Give them plenty of space. Mm -hmm. And if they need to withdraw, let them. Mm -hmm. Which even reading the sentence sends me into a full fucking panic. But... (laughs) anxious people just remind yourself like it's fine and know when it's happening that that's what they're doing be like you know affirm reaffirm to yourself they're not leaving they just need a minute they're not leaving they just need a minute like it's fine just give them a minute um and then secondly don't take it personally because again like you said just like with cheating it's got more to do with them than it does with you so not everything's about you that's something I have to remind myself constantly like mm-hmm. this is not about you it's about them let them have their fucking trauma it has nothing to do with you, you know, just take a step back and realize it's them. Um, and then third, reinforce positive actions, mm-hmm. right? So uh, just like if you're at work and you're doing good things, you're not going to keep doing them if it goes unnoticed. So anytime mm-hmm. you do notice, because we're very quick to point out, like if something's bad, we bitch at them. But if they're doing mm-hmm. something you like, let them know like, Hey, this is what I was talking about. I really appreciate this, which I should have done the other day when homeboy texted me and was like, yo, I'm a BMIA. I should have been like, thank you so much for saying, I really appreciate that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I keep more of that, keep that coming. Um, and that works in a lot of aspects of life too. It's like the Povlo, Povlo's dog, dog experiment. Yes. You yes. want to keep giving them positive reinforcement, you know? <laughs> yes. Pavlov's dog. That's it. Whenever the, the bell rings and his mouth waters. Yeah. yeah that's, Yes, keep that coming because they're going to, you know, eventually they'll get it. It might take a while. Um, Listen and offer understanding. Again, that's kind of like secure attachment territory that we're treading into, but that's what we're going for. Um, And then set healthy boundaries, which is what you were talking about. And then Mm -hmm. lastly, but I think most importantly, respect your differences, which Mm -hmm. is knowing like you want to become secure, but you don't want to like swing the other direction and become avoidant so just know like he's probably not going to stop running at least for a while he's going to be this this type of way 
he's never going to be the kind that I am where you want to resolve things right now, you know? Mm -hmm. So just know whenever it happens, when you're in the middle of a fight or whatever, know that like, okay, he's doing this, but that's fine. I handle things a different way, but it just, it is what it is, you know, and respect those different attachment styles, just like love languages, Mm -hmm. you know, you love them in their love language. So understand that when it's happening, see it for what it is Mm -hmm. and respect that. Correct. Well, Thank you again. We're going to do a part two. I think I'm going to have to wrap it up because our time is getting. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, we can, we can do some psych. Um, we'll do some psych podcast coming up. That's mental oh. health awareness month. So yes, psychology is my favorite thing in the entire world. I love it. Awesome. And it's helping me understand people so much better. And that's kind of the goal here. Anyway, we're going to dive into our trauma because it's so much fun. United in trauma. United in trauma, baby. So again. Uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. If you guys want to follow us on social media, I'm at Bitchopedia Pod is the um, podcast Twitter. And then at Becca J underscore 34 is my personal one. Um, So you can follow us any on there and tweet and share your stories. That's a big one. Like we have a lot of listeners out there and I want all you guys to kind of get involved too and share your story because again, United in Trauma, that's how we're connecting. You know, I want y'all to share y'all's experiences and and tips like if you have any tips for avoidant or or you know fearful and anxious all that I want y'all to share with us because that helps us understand you know where the other side is coming from for sure so thank you again Kate so much and we will talk to you next week of course we'll see you guys later bye, bye.